Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy. This is podcast number 186, and today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. You could get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash healthy, wealthy, smart. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, your MP3 player. I listen to Audible all the time. So go to my affiliate link, which is audibletrial.com slash healthy, wealthy, smart, so you could get your free audiobook download and free 30-day trial. Now, on to today's podcast. I was thrilled to interview Miss Wynne Kelly Charles. She is a best-selling author of the book I Win, which is an autobiographical book, and she also has some fiction books called The View for My Heels, uh, which we talk about during this interview, so I'm not going to give it all away. Wynne is also a podcast host, and she hosts the podcast Wins Women of Wisdom, of which I was proud to be a guest last week. So if you want to find out more about her podcast and download her podcast, just go to iTunes and search, hello, my name is Win, or you could search uh, Wins Women of Wisdom. Check it out. She's got a lot of great people on there. And during our interview, we talk about cerebral palsy, as Wynne has cerebral palsy, and we talk more about that and from a PT standpoint, what we can do to help people with cerebral palsy. So be sure to check out that interview. Now, on to today's interview. Uh, we talk to, today, I talked to Wynne about her book, I Win. We talk about what are, what, what are the most challenging parts of having cerebral palsy, And we talk about, which I really love, and from time to time I have people on here talking about their experience with physical therapy, whether it be good or bad. I want to know about it. And I think as physical therapists, we want to know about it because we want to learn. We want to learn how to treat people, and we want to learn how to treat people with various diagnoses. And in this interview, Wynne talks about when she started physical therapy and what her experience was having physical therapy as a child versus having physical therapy now. And she has some great pearls of wisdom for all you PT students out there and practicing physical therapists about what it's like being on the receiving end of physical therapy and what she really wants PTs to know and what she really wants PTs to know, especially those treating children and those with disabilities. So We had a really, really great conversation. And then make sure you tune in on this Thursday for the Thursday Quickie with Wynne because we talk about how she wrote her book. Again, she gives some really practical advice. So if you're thinking of writing a book, maybe you want to start today, you want to start next week or years from now. Wynne has some really great practical advice on how to write a book. It was really, really great. And, And she's lovely. She's just a great person to sit down and talk to. And I was happy to be on her podcast. And I am super happy that she has decided to come on to mine. And listen to her podcast because she's going to have some other familiar names if you're used to this podcast, some other familiar names in PT on her podcast. So really looking forward to listening to those as well. Okay, so that's what that's what today's interview is about. Um, now let's get to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Community Board. So being the holiday season is upon us, um, I came across a really great thing on Facebook that my friend Hillary Tisman 
uh, shared. And it's for all you ladies out there or for all you gentlemen who may know some ladies out there, which is so pretty much everyone, I guess. Um, you know, you clean out your drawers, especially for the ladies. We clean out our undies and our bras, and then usually we end up throwing them away, right? What else are you going to do with a bra? So I have a solution to that problem. Well, I don't have it, but a lot of other people have it. So if you have a new or gently used bra and you don't want to throw it away because that would be wasteful, instead, you can, there are companies that will take your bras and they will give it to women's shelters. They will recycle the rest into textiles or they will um, provide job opportunities for women who've been rescued from sex trafficking in Africa and Central America by collecting gently used or new bras, shipping them overseas, and allowing these women to sell them at markets or in shops. Because in the developing world, bras are a commodity. You know, sometimes I think I'm I, in the United States and in, in the West, we kind of take that for granted. But in the developing world, bras are a big commodity. So we've got two places that you can send your bras to. One is called the Bra Recyclers LLC. That's the company that sends the usable bras it gets to women's shelters and recycles the rest into textiles. And the other one is called Free the Girls. And Free the Girls is uh, the organization that is able to provide job opportunities for women who have been rescued from the sex trafficking in Africa and Central America. So. I mean, what a great thing. So instead of just tossing those old bras out, send them to Free the Girls, which is, by the way, such a perfect play on words, or send them to the Bra Recyclers LLC. So write those down. And if you forgot to write them down, don't worry about it because it will be in my newsletter. So don't forget to go to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. Sign up for the newsletter so that you get all of this stuff in one place each week. And I know I feel bad last week. I totally forgot to send out the newsletter, but I'll include what I was going to include last week in this week's. So no harm, no foul. Um, so again, if you are thinking about throwing away those old bras, don't do it. Send them out. Help women across the world. It's such an easy thing to do. Okay. So before we get to the podcast again, I just want to remind you that for the listeners of the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast, Audible, who is sponsoring the podcast, is offering free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, I use Audible every day. So when I'm not listening to podcasts or music, I am listening to books on Audible. Right now, I'm listening to The Compound Effect, which if you haven't listened to it, I definitely suggest that you listen to The Compound Effect. Um, I hope to have the author on. I'm going to try and see if I can keep badgering him until he comes on, so hopefully he will. So I'm putting it out there into the universe now that I want him to come on to this podcast. It's really, really great book called The Compound Effect. Uh, the last book, actually, last week I had said the last book that I listened to was Gloria Steinem's new book, when in fact the last book I listened to before this was I Win, by my guest today, Win Kelly Charles. So uh, that being said, if you want to get Win's book for free, you can use your free download on Audible. Go to my affiliate link, which is audibletrial.com/healthywealthysmart.
Hey everyone, so I am sitting here with author and fellow podcast host of Wynn's Women of Wisdom, Wynn Kelly Charles. Wynn, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. That is a fabulous interview. And yes, I do host a podcast and I'm honored to be on your podcast. We'll get into why I am on your podcast in a minute. Yes, and I, I was on your podcast uh, last week, I believe, um, which was great. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and so I thought, you know, for my podcast, every once in a while, I like to have guests on the show who are not physical therapists, but who have extensive knowledge of the physical therapy world because they've gone through it. They've had physical therapy in the past and Wynn is no exception. So Wynn, if first of all, what I'd love you to do is if you could tell my listeners sort of why you've had to have physical therapy, extensive PT. I'll try and tell them in layman's terms to the best of my abilities. Yeah. You gotta no remember I'm actually being interviewed by a PT, so if I use PT language. Oh feel free to use the lingo, me. it's fine. <laughs> and um sure. I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. So those of you in PT school listening to this podcast, you know what C P is. Cerebral palsy is lack of oxygen to the brain, and it can affect a child at, at, up until a certain point, which um, up until two years old. Mm-hmm. And so, but what I learned, what happened to me was I had a traumatic birth, and so that's how I acquired palsy. Right, and you were born quite premature and, and yep. weighing very, very little. From, from what <laughs> I remember from your book, I Win, um, which if people were interested in, in the book, um, Wynne sort of wrote her autobiography up to that point, and she talks a lot about um, the when she was diagnosed with cerebral palsy and the uh, premature nature of her birth. So you were little. You were little, little. Yes. Yes. One pound, I believe. Mm-hmm. One pound 12 or one pound 13. I believe it was one pound 12. Yeah. And so, it, people, if you don't know what one pound 12 ounces is, yeah. it's pretty small. It's like yeah, you're talking that's... like a Barbie doll size, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so so very, very small. So as a result, um, cerebral palsy uh, was a result, like Wynn said, of premature birth, lack of oxygen to the brain, and, and it sort of affects you for the rest of your life. It doesn't get necessarily the initial injury to the brain, doesn't get any worse, but the effects of it change as you get older. So as a result, Wynn has had physical therapy. So when did you start, what age did you start physical therapy? Well, uh, let's see. They were doing physical therapy on me in the neonatal intensive care unit, okay. which 
was days uh-huh. after my birth. Um, I was actually born in Aspen, Colorado. Then I got um, flown down to Denver Children's Hospital, which happened to be happened to be the third length children's hospital in the country, and we were for a while. I don't know what our ranking is now according to U.S. world reports. And so um, I am extremely lucky to have that hospital close to me, well, four hours, four hours away, but still. I am extremely lucky to have the third rank children's hospital close to me. And so they were doing physical therapy on me in the neonatal intensive care unit. Yeah, and so talk about having PT right out of the womb. Um, <laughs> yeah. You literally were. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there's something else in your book, um, you know, because what you just said that you were lucky that this hospital is right near you. And, and you also mentioned this in the book is that you were lucky that you had the parents that you had. Have. Yes. Had and have. Yes. Um, yes. Had and, and have. have. Right. <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll explain that in a second. But um, because, you know, you had said that not only did your parents, yes, did they have the means to be able to financially help you and, and get you the best care that you can get, which is important, but even more important was you had parents who were willing to do what was needed to be done regardless yes. of whether money was involved or not, right? Uh, how important is it that you had such great support from your family? And how did that affect your progress? Well, if I didn't have um, great support from my family, I would have a cerebral palsy, but it would be a lot worse yeah, and, and, you know, I think something that that struck me in the book was that at one point doctors felt that you would have been better off going to an inpatient facility yes. versus staying with your parents. And yes. your parents' response was? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, which, you Absolutely know, amazing. Absolutely not. She, um, that was um, my parents' response, and that was my mom's family's response to we take it she is we deal with the disability at hand and that after I published I went I actually found out from one of my mom's girlfriends that at the time when I was in NICU neonatal intensive care unit um, every day she would come and visit me and practically stay until visiting hours were over. And it made her quite upset to see children in the neonatal mm-hmm. intensive care unit without families, mm, without family support. Sure, sure. Because having a child with any disability is quite 
tough. I mean, the divorce rate, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the divorce rate is very high. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess a stressful situation, and, and I, I would imagine, you know, I don't know, but um, yeah, I think that from the sounds of it, you were were lucky in many ways, but most of all that you had two parents and, 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 and beyond that, a great family support team and a lot of support coming from you from uh, different therapists and teachers and parents and families. So uh, let's now get into the physical therapy aspect of it. So when you can remember. Um, the physical therapy aspect of it, as I said, they started on me right coming out of the womb mm -hmm. in Children's Hospital when I was medically stable. So when I could remember, I remember in first grade having PT sessions in the classroom. And I remember up until seventh grade, eighth grade probably. And so um, I would have physical, I would have all three entities, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech in the classroom. And I was lucky enough to have teachers that were actually trained in special ed. So when I came in to what they call mainstream mm -hmm. classrooms, the teachers weren't so surprised that I had CP, they had um, cerebral palsy, they had dealt with it um, before. And so, and the unique thing was my friends treated me as if I had no disability whatsoever. Yeah, which is amazing. Um, and, you know, it, it just, I think, goes to show, I think all of that put together is why you've been so successful. You know, and that would be for anyone. Not, regardless, you're, you're successful not because you have CP, but you just happen to have CP and be successful. But yes. having that support system behind you, just like for anyone, is, is something that really helps and kind of propels you forward. Yep. And so, let's see, you started physical therapy in, that you can remember in first grade. And so now you're, I'm, I'm not going to say your age on the air, um, but let's say, you know, you're, you're out of high school. Yep. Um, and so how has the physical therapy changed from when you were a little kid to now into being a woman? I, okay, I still do PT mm -hmm. um, once a week. I do officially PT once a week. And I, it's so funny because I actually have a friend of mine who I went to school with who completely knows I have CP. Now she's doing physical therapy on me because she went to school for physical therapy. Oh, great. And it's, so, it's so funny because 
when I um, first went on this little adventure re-entering the PT world, and she goes, Win, you and I went to school together, and it's like, we did. And then it dawned on me, yes, we did. And so it's funny when the role reversal yes. is changed. <laughs> it's changed completely. Yeah, absolutely. And and what has been, if you can remember, even going back to when you were a kid, were, what were the most challenging points during your physical therapy? Do things stick out for you like, wow, that was really difficult, but I'm glad I was the, able to do it? Um, the most challenging points were learning how to walk get walk again on a walker after um, a horrible back operation that left me paralyzed in 2006. So I, um, I yes, I still use a walker up until age 18. I was walking independently, mm -hmm. but um, because of the back operation, I couldn't do it anymore. Yes, I'm still trying to get back to that point, and I mentioned, and I went fully about the back operation, mm -hmm. and it was June, June 14th, 2006, that I landed up beginning using a walker. And so um, just learning how to walk again um, on a walker would be the most challenging aspect of the physical therapy realm. Yeah, and, and what about... The we talk about this a lot when I have patients on here. What about the connection between you and the physical therapist? So outside of what you actually do in the sessions, how important is it for you to have a good connection, a good rapport with your PT? Well, um, and I don't, I've uh, had, I don't admit this in the book, but it's very um, important for anyone, even a uh, temporary injury, to have a good rapport um, with the physical, with their physical therapist um, outside the session. I actually, um, growing up, did not have the greatest um, physical therapy therapist to begin with. She had a disability herself, and then I think that um, disability affected her mental state, mm. because when I still see her, she's, um, let's just say, she's not the happiest person in the world, which I'm coming to find out that MS her disability mm -hmm. could do that, so um, because of lesions on the brain. Mm -hmm. So I feel like working with 
kids well at the time and she still is the only pediatric physical therapist in this um, valley and there's a couple others but they're more out of the hospitals state so um, at the time I didn't realize what a good rapport was mm. with the physical therapist. And then as you've gotten older and, and obviously have moved on to different physical therapists, has that changed for you? That is changed for me because I am not being, well, I am, I'm being driven to physical therapy, but I can um, make my own decisions mm. as an adult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. And so what would you say, so remembering kind of what your therapy was like when you were a kid and when you were still in school, um, if you could, at this point in time, tell a pediatric physical therapist, if you could say, hey, this is the best piece of advice I can give you as a former patient, what would okay. that piece of advice be? Okay, you bet. You back me into go calling on this one. I get. I guess it would um, be listen to the um, family and the child if they can handle it mm-hmm. as a whole. I mean, um, I mean, my pediatric physical therapist growing up was, in essence, public knowledge was a lot nicer when. Um, other people were in the room with me. <laughs> mm, got it. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so it sounds so like I would say listening. If um, I would say if a PT student is listening to this podcast now, I would say listen to the family as a whole. You don't necessarily look at the diagnosis, just um, listen to the family as a whole. I mean, y- you guys know the needs more than the family. I mean, the family may know the diagnosis, but you know the medical protocol as far as manual PT on mm-hmm. pediatrics. But I would say just listen. <laughs> and, and can I tell you, that's wonderful advice. So listen to the patient, even though they're a, a, a little person. Listen to the patient, listen to the family, and don't just look at the diagnosis, which is that's well, very, very well said, and, and hopefully students and other PTs that are listening to this will take that to heart. So now let's move on to present day. So you're getting physical therapy once a week. What else are you doing to keep yourself going? So I think this is really important because as a PT, and, and you and I have discussed this, we're maybe with the patient one, a couple hours a week, right? And then you're with yourself the rest of the time. So yep. so what do you do to keep yourself moving and motivated and, and, and going? Well, uh, one day a week I do PT. The rest of the week I stretch, um, I keep myself limber, and then on, um, 
on one day a week. I actually go snowboarding adaptively, so that is something I consider PT mm-hmm. also. Sure. Even though P- PT in this sense is inside, <laughs> I consider my other day of PT um, outside. So, and I have, and I have a recumbent bike too. So, um, when it's, when it's the spring and summer, I try and get on uh, a recumbent bike at least once a week. Mm -hmm. And then um, when it's the winter, I go snowboarding once a week. Which is amazing. Uh, snowboarding scares the crap out of me, but more power to you. <laughs> I know you grew up in Aspen, and so you're used to going down the hills since you were younger, but yes. holy cow, yes. no thank you. Yes. Yes. I won't do it. I won't go <laughs> down. I can't. No. Nope, no. nope, I can't do it. Um, so I think something that's so important here, and I think that you're a good inspiration, is that just because so you have CP... But it's, I think people need to understand that it's not as limiting as the diagnosis may suggest. Do you know what I mean? Correct. And as, um, as you and I have discussed, CP affects people in different ways. Mm-hmm. So it can be limiting even though the general category of CP is not. Right, right, yeah. And, and, and I think that's important because, you know, we've said this before also. So just because you're walking with a walker doesn't necessarily mean that you need to always sit down. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you're not going out and exercising and, and doing things that everybody else does. Yeah. And, and I think that's really important to note. Um, and so what would you say, let's say, um, I'm a physical, so obviously I'm a PT or PT's listening, someone, they have a new patient that walks in to see them and this patient has cerebral palsy. What is something that you would want your, if you were having a new therapist, your new therapist to know about you now or to know about people with CP in general? Um, that... If they could handle it, if the physical therapist knows the communication style of that patient, let the patient answer the questions. Don't let the um, family answer the questions or the aide, quite frankly. I mean, I have a, I have a friend with acquired cerebral palsy. Um, and he's non, he's nonverbal, and I saw him the other day, and of course he's nonverbal, and he is in a wheelchair completely, but he gets um, out and does PT too, and the aide is so used to answering questions for him that after working with me for so many years with him that I think it's still shocking to his aides that I just look at him and I just let him answer the questions 
and he thinks that's the cat's meow. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense to me. He yeah. just thinks that's the cat's meow. And so, um, yeah, I would say if the child could handle it, um, I've had a child, and this was where I work. I also mm-hmm. teach right. two days a week. Right. And this child, um, without knowing that I had cerebral palsy, says, hi, I am so-and-so. I have diabetes. And this child was in preschool at the time. Hmm. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, it knocked me over at a feather because I um, didn't realize that a child could say that dynamic word. I mean, for years I knew my disability as CP up until high school. So when that child with diabetes um, came up to me and said, Hi, I have diabetes. And she walks away very proudly. And it's like, okay. So that's um, why I'm saying if the child could Mm -hmm. handle it, let the child um, speak for themselves. Yeah, so kind of don't underestimate the person and kind of let them, yeah, don't underestimate the person that's in front of you and allow them to speak and allow them to express themselves and be present during that first meeting. Because again, that's how you get that rapport, right? So if I came in... If, if I saw you for the first time and I was just didn't let you answer anything and just said, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to start moving, we're going to, you would be like, whoa, yeah. whoa this is not working yeah. for me. And that's why, and quite frankly, um, my girlfriend, who also has CP, she's um, written several books too, mm. and um, my girlfriend didn't really push me to um, go back to PT, but in the midst of my snowboard season last um, a couple winters ago, I thought, okay, something's going to change here. My core strength has gone to get better because how the heck am I going to stand up on a snowboard Mm -hmm. if I don't have the core strength. And at the time, I didn't. And at the time, I wasn't so into um, PT. I was kind of turned off by it. Mm -hmm. And so um, my girlfriend, who also has cerebral palsy, kind of pushed me back into the... um, PT realm, but now that I'm going adult, I understand more of the PT realm than I did when I was growing up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, even when you're a young kid, it's if you're the therapist, you still have to explain why you're doing things, even though the child is just a kid. Like you said, if your experience wasn't that great, you were kind of turned off by it, you needed that little nudge to get back in. 
Whereas if from the beginning you're transparent and you're listening and you're present and you're really explaining what you're doing, then hopefully you won't have a legion of people turned off by PT, yeah. but rather saying, I can't wait to go. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. As long as you explain to the child what's going on, they'll be more likely to meet with the um, therapist, whether it's speech therapy mm -hmm. or um, occupational therapy, but especially with um, PT. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know we're running low on time here, but um, I think you've given a lot of great advice for students and for working PTs coming from that coming from the patient perspective. You know, it's not often we get to hear from the patient. So I really appreciate your coming on and giving um, everyone what your perspective was of, of having physical therapy. And let's talk briefly. So you have your book, I Win, but you have other books too. I do. I have, I Win is for the adults. And then I have a teen series called, the first one, being the view from my heels, being heels as a high-heeled shoe, mm -hmm. which um, you could, the main character has CP, but it is alter ego of me, but it affects the main character less than it affects me. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so that's um, why I did that um, that way, and of course, the main character's best friend in that one also has CP, which um, my best friend also has CP, and so that's why I did it that way. And I would recommend that teens and um, middle schoolers read that one. I win is too medically heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, that's why I gave writing memoirs up. I'm like, I'll publish another one, but that's it. Now I'm sticking with the kids and teens uh -huh. because I win was too mentally heavy for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, and, and, you know, it's hard writing about yourself and kind yeah. of what you've gone through, and you've gone through a lot, and you've come out very successful, very successfully. Um, so you've got the books, A View From My Heels, you've got I Win, the autobiography, and you've got the podcast, Wins Women of Wisdom, which can be found on iTunes, correct? Yes, that could be found on iTunes. Look for, hello, my name is Win. Wins Women of Wisdom, and that's an extension of my book. I bring solo entrepreneurs on because if I did a podcast by myself, people would get quickly turned off because so many people have read I Win that I thought, okay, I got to do something different here and intertwine business with Sale policy and, and inspiration. Absolutely, and and you're doing a really great job. And 
And one more thing. So not only do you write these books and you have the podcast, you're also an entrepreneur. You have your uh, artwork. I do have my own. I do have my artwork, and then I, if you type in my name on Fine Art America, which is fineartamerica.com, and just type in my name. Mm -hmm. And so um, I have my artwork. That company started in 2007 and then um, transferred in to me authoring books um, in 2010. Right, right. So busy gal, a busy gal, and you're teaching, and you're going to school. Yep, yeah. yep. So, so people, when you think you're busy, just like listen to this podcast or check out Win, and you'll see what busy is. Yeah. So anyway, yep. um, any last thoughts before we uh, sign off here, anything else that you'd like the listeners to know um, about living with cerebral palsy? Living with cerebral palsy. Living with um, cerebral palsy is has its good days and and not so good days, but um, basically, as long as you keep on top of it and it doesn't keep on top of you. You can get by with cerebral palsy. I have learned that over the 28 years of having it. And my books could be found on audible.com. I'm actually in mm -hmm. the um, process of producing two right now. Great. And then, um, but I win could definitely be used by Audible. Dot com. That's, how and, I, that's how I listen to it. And by the way, I think a little buddy said to me this morning through my ears that Audible.com is sponsoring this podcast. That is true. That is true. And so when you go to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart, you can download the Audible put in. That's right. You can get this book for free. <laughs> we would recommend <laughs> I win all the view for my heels if you want a light read and not so much medical reading and looking up in a medical dictionary. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for the plug on the Audible there. Ah, um, well. <laughs> but yes, it's true. Um, well, Wynn, thank you so much. Um, and people, if you get, get the book, listen to the book on Audible, read the book. There are some really fun, surprising things happening in there yes. um, in, in the book. One, one in particular has to do with the Salt Lake City Olympics. That's all I'm saying. So that's all I'm going to say. We're not giving that away. Yeah, I'm not giving it away, uh, but it kind of has to do with that. So if you want to know, get the book and listen to, to it and read it. with that. Yeah. It was most incredible Thing I have ever done in my life and I still I'm actually looking at a huge picture of it uh -huh. right now I still have the torch in my room that I actually uh -uh. did 
yep. something with. Yes, exactly. We don't and make, so we um, won't give it away. But but if you get I win, you can read all about it because it was really cool. All about and I'm actually uh, Kona Ironman triathlete. I actually competed yeah. in um, that one. So when I say as long as cerebral palsy doesn't get on top of you, you can live a fully encompassed life with cerebral palsy. Absolutely. And what a beautiful way to end this talk. So, Wynn, thank you so much for coming on the show. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. And to find out more about Wynn, where can they find out more about you? They can go to Wynn Charles, W-I-N-C-H-A-R-L-E-S, dot Wix, dot com, slash Wynn Charles. And plus, I'm all the Social Twitter media and all and the yeah. Facebook and all the... Yeah. Uh, just look so for Win Charles. And so just look for Win Charles. Yeah. And you can, you, um, you guys can DM me about coming on my podcast. Absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to open up the door um, to PT students as well. I'm actually launching another podcast. Oh my God. I feel like such a slacker. February, <laughs> February 20th. Um, entitled The Butterfly Coffee Cup, and that's an in-depth conversation about disabilities and education as a whole. So um, that's a totally different concept from I win because I like to learn about different disabilities myself. Great. So look for that one out. Look for that one as of February 20th. And that will be launching, and I'll make a big deal of it. Great. I look and forward to it. So if you guys want to leave a review on yes. Women of Wisdom, just look for, hello, my name is Win Women of Wisdom. And so um, that is the feed I'm using, and Great. We'll, well, I see hope, you. well, I hope everyone checks checks out Win's Wins Women of Wisdom, the Butterfly Coffee Cup, launching in February. You've got books. So, and and again, I think the I love what you said that you don't want to let CP get on top of you. You want to get on top of it. And I think yes. that's beautifully said. So thank you yes. so much. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. <laughs>